now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks so much for checking out our year-round carnival review of Melbourne and Sydney racing via the IVR platform, Daily Sectionals, Vince Accardi, and we say good morning to you. Hello, mate. Good morning, Ralphie. How are you on this super morning? Well, it's a super weekend too. We had, uh, we had. Now, now, have you sent me the right data? Because I'm looking at this Randwick figures. Mm. Was this a summer meeting? Tell you what, it surprised me. I had to have a good close look, but this is what happens when they don't put water on. <laughs> it's just amazing, absolutely. You've adjusted some times down here by what uh, up to eight lengths, nine yep. lengths. Yep, yep. And Crazy. this is what happens. I love it yeah. when I see that. Absolutely, we do. So that, that's uh, that's so we've got some good clean data to work with, and yes, we'll uh, we'll just go race by race, have a, and knock it around a little bit. The little pumper, well, um, it's it's two from two, yet to do much on the clock overall. But how are you assessing the fact that it's just been able to win and dash home? Well, <laughs> that's funny. You started with race one, yeah. slowest of the day. Why not? But youngsters. 2.8 lengths below benchmark, Ralph. It's not something that I'm going to get really excited about, other than the fact it did close really nicely off no fantastic speed. 3.4 lengths below benchmark for that first 600 metres. 3.7 lengths below benchmark between the 8 and the 4. Nice finish, last 200, 0.9 above. But we're five, six lengths off where you need to be, particularly at this time of the year, Ralphie. So I don't want to get too excited about where we're at there. There was one interesting runner, though, that did sort of catch my eye a little bit. Well, the, One was uh, Sound the Siren. Yep. I thought that was a, a nice run. Love the way it closed. Just I can't understand why the rider got so far back, right? I have no doubt had that horse been a lot closer it would have been a very, very different outcome. So that's a runner to watch like over distance, Ralphie. Well, in its previous run, I'm so opening up now that you've mentioned it, and that's a nice big squeeze behind the little pumper as well. So that's two from two behind the little pumper. But what you're saying is there's enough in the data to say, particularly maybe stepping up in trip, it could be pretty dangerous. In well, it won't be long before it'll be getting past it. Oh, there we, there we go. Righto, second race here, Oakfield Waratah. Well, this was a race where there was some speed. I mean, it, you know, it was favourite for the race. We're not saying we've discovered gold here, but um, it, it was an easy win. <laughs> it was an easy watch if you were on it, and uh, and you certainly were with your race speed profiles. And you said two starts back. If it repeats that, it will probably win. Well, two starts back. This is what we rode in Sizzlers. With a caveat, this is just midway class. He had the perfect run, this sound-winning performance, the solid five-length mid-race slowdown. Said there's more to come from his previous PV of just minus 1.7 lengths below benchmark. So there, 0.1 above, ranked 11th on the day. What did he do Sunday? Well, overall performance, 0.3 below, Ralphie, ranked 14. It's sort of like on or around its profile, that run two, two starts back at Rose when it was just above benchmark, 0.1 above. A few things to look at when you're looking at this horse. Number one, it's the first time it sort of had to sort of run at that sort of speed, 2.4 lengths faster than standard. That's, that's a new PB for the horse, and it does test them. Between the 8 and the 400, still travelling benchmark, and when I look at its history, that's a new PB for the horse as well. And so, in, in other words, it was entitled to drop off late. It didn't lose that much energy over the last two and 400 metres. It's a nice horse, Ralphie. Is it uh, going places? Who knows? It's 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 
it's lightly raced. The good thing is it's showing versatility. I like that about the horse. Maybe the data is giving a little indicator that it's come to the end of the campaign as well. All right, we'll, uh, we'll give the um, the uh, highway a miss. But race, race four is an interesting one for me, Vince, with uh, Special Envoy winning. Now, uh, first Australian start, it, it just shows you, once again, I'm channeling the stuff that Mark Lambord used to talk about in the old putter show. You've got to use the, the SP as a tool, and sometimes it's accurate, sometimes it's not. But first Australian start, it was deep in the market at only $7, didn't turn up. Well, fortnight later, it's at the $13, and uh, it was probably the only one you wanted to be on in the run. Well, <laughs> maybe. Uh, the good thing is 0.5 above benchmark, six best a day. I like all that. Uh, you know, when I'm sort of sitting back here looking at it, obviously nice improvement. I mean, barrier trial, there was good indicator this horse might have some potential because that was around like three and a half lengths below benchmark. But I was just looking at how big the exertion was in that trial, about 10 lengths in the mid. And then it went out first up. And I feel what really caught the horse here, Ralphie, was that day they went three and a half above benchmark first section. This not possible even off that barrier trial and the leading, that it could have done enough work to be able to handle that. Yep. But now we've got a reversal in speed, travelling six lengths below benchmark, and I guess this is what the horse really appreciates, being able to settle, relax, not use that energy early, and then the booming finish. And the booming finish was there, Ralph, in a big way. Last 800 metres combined, plus 10.3. I've got a little sign here that says charting upwards dramatically well, yeah so top six of the day on a fast day and as i said you've uh, this is one of the races well, all the races but you've adjusted this down for the fast track so yep. that, that's shown something for those on the favorite louisville um what, what chance did it have in the run go look at these numbers yeah interesting about louisville i i know there was a lot of people beating their chest up about this horse being a serious threat, and fair enough. I could see all the reasons as well. I just feel <laughs> pilot error, Ralphie. First section, 10 lengths below benchmark. Why? This Why so slow? <laughs> yeah. But the finish is undeniable, right? It's a 12.5 length last 800 metres combined, and whoever probably didn't get the opportunity, you know, that may have backed it and didn't get their money, I would be watching this horse very closely next start because I'm expecting a big reversal. Well, if we've got a rider change, that would be a huge positive signal. Can we say the same about Mahagoni? Third up, uh, just wasn't given a chance in the run. And uh, if you look at its profile uh, last prep, it managed to win. What was that uh, third and fifth start and uh, remain competitive deep into a prep? Well, that's just another runner, Ralphie, that, you know, very, very soft first section probably now has found itself in you know all all the runs have been the same way they're just showing me the big indicate there must be something coming up that's beyond 2000 meters or something because that's where this horse sits as well looking for the ground definitely got no early speed but a big finisher all right. Now, um, I want to ask you this via this uh, prism because this is, I reckon, I call this a learning time of year. It's not just about the horses, but about some fundamentals here. I reckon one of the far, one of the um, hardest fundamentals to, to conquer, and we'll probably never will, is winning easily in slow time. And time to boogie, the market got it wrong. It was $11. It bolted in. Now, why was it able to be such good odds off an easy win lead in? 
Why? If, if I'm talking about in pure hindsight, right? Yeah. What's the, what's the numbers said? Well, leading in, if you go on the previous campaign, it's probably the real guide was around 1.5 links below benchmark at Kembla Grange. But this time in, you know, the Gosford run, Ralphie, when it won, 0.6 above first section, massive slowdown in the mid-race. That couldn't have been in its favour. And then a point seven. Well, you're talking five and a half lengths. In a thousand metre race. Yep. So that's, that's big. That's jamming your foot on the on the brakes, isn't it? Oh, without a shadow of doubt. Yeah. And yeah. here it gets to the front, travelling slower than its uh, previous two runs. Yep. And again in the mid race, just maintain nice velocity with a little bit of pickup and then very strong last four hundred, giving clear signal that this horse not only appreciated the the step up in distance, but also appreciated the ride. So, a thousand to 1200, uh, often you know, a thousand meters is just a bubble, but now that we've got information, and that is he can run a fast uh, 1200, why do I need to keep winning? Oh, for sure, I have no doubt. This is this is a really uh, nice three year old. It's you know, could even be a possible, I don't know, maybe early spring horse if it keeps trending the way it is because there's nothing to say that this horse has peaked because, I mean, the improvement from last campaign to this now after three runs in is about four lengths. And when they have a big improvement from one run to the other and stepping up in distance usually means they're still improving. So I'm, I'm putting this horse down as got more to come. All right, race, uh, race six. Fitz, sometimes you can just, uh, what's the phrase? Kick the cat, kick the bin, tip over the table. Oh. <laughs> Fiat princess. I thought, well, this is good. And, and then I was even laughing because Brutality lived up. I thought, we, Brutality's not going to run past Fiat princess the way Brutality's been racing. It did. Oh, well, Ralphie, <laughs> I just thought it was just going to win Vienna princess, but <sighs> I'm sitting there trying to understand why. Was it the tactics? of when they've taken off? Was it that squeeze in the mid that just sort of left the vulnerable over the last 20 metres? Because the horse did get a little bit wayward in the straight. Uh, you know, that was there to win. That That's probably the downside. Performance-wise, both horses, I, I thought, ran really well. They got inside the top 10 for the day. Brutality, 0.1 above benchmark. Vienna Prince, 0.1 below. Didn't run to its peak. All I can put it down to the difference in winning and losing there was the timing of the of the exertion. That's it. And I guess the other thing too with brutality, it wasn't like there was. And we'll get to a couple of big odds winners at Flemington too. But um, the, the the talent wasn't in doubt. I mean, if you look at your your race speed profiles here that you put out Saturday morning via daily sectionals, best last three preparations. He was the best clearly. <laughs> so it was just a matter of was was the horse itself going to put in, and he did. Yeah, and, and the, sp the small field, the race shape, all yep. those things played a positive role. And, oh, goodness me, good price <laughs> for whoever found it, Ralphie. Well, it was. It was, it was spec 26s into yep. 21s. Ah, well, um, race seven, well, this was one now. You were low, moderate confidence by the time the fields came out and uh, and the blanket finish uh, obviously suggested why. But uh, we oh, this was one we were pretty happy we found in Sizzlers at least. So if you're, if you're part of that, this is what we wrote. Uh, July 1, so a fortnight earlier with Fear Nought, with the caveat this is just BM78 level, this mare is now fit and just un and was just unlucky this class to bump into an excellent best of the day performance from the winner Samana, minus 3.1 at the 800, plus 2 in the
the mid-race before plus 4.3 last 400. Her last 600 in isolation was a combined 5.8 lengths, which was solid. Sustained 13th best of the day at the end of 1,400. Only has to hold this figure to go very close next start, and that was minus 0.8 lengths below benchmark. And uh, it's got the money at big odds. Yeah, got the money at big odds, Rolfie. 0.2 below benchmark as well. An improvement. <sighs> Absolutely Perfect ride, I felt, as well, Ralphie. When you go through the breakdown of the race, all right, maybe the 6.9 lengths below benchmark first section wasn't gold for the horse. Maybe that one or two lengths more forward may have made it even better. But the reality was the mid-race was undeniable. 11.6 length mid-race squeeze, top 10 for the day, Ralphie, there. And then strong last 400 plus 3.4. And... Genuine benchmark horse. Tarazel won the eighth. Now, he was first up, second local prep. He's an import with Peter and Paul Snowden. Didn't do a lot in his first prep when in the market, but uh, I'll put it to you that the data is saying that this is what happens when you get good trainers. They've taught this horse to relax. Is that what, what your interpretation is? Well, it's so lightly raced. You know, from particularly from an Australian perspective, the trial was sort of giving a good indicator, Ralph, this horse was going to run reasonable, right? I mean, yeah. from the way I was looking at it is there was a big possibility this horse could run at least to somewhere near that 0.7 below benchmark of the previous campaign, just off the trial work. But of course, like everything, first up 1,600 metres, they definitely got the horse to relax very well, Ralphie. Appreciated the pace in the race, sort of almost in that golden zone, give or take half a length, and not too much of an extension in terms of over-exerting between the 8 and the 400 to be able to get victory. And I was actually surprised how strong the horse was over the last 400 compared to the rest of the competition. Probably giving me that sort of insight that maybe the competition, you know, was either not, not turning up because of the way the pace was of the race or they're not going to go much further. I'm about to give the kid, give the kid a wrap, but he uh, he didn't have much luck in on uh, Grace Lister, Zach, Zach Lloyd here in this race. That fits. That was uh, I'm not sure if it's got out yet. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? Yeah, exactly. Well, no, I want to give the kid a big wrap here on Bold Bold Mac. And yes, there was a bit of self interest involved here, Fitz, because we put a big stamp on this horse. Two starts back, 17th of the 6th and uh, on the Sizzlers. Uh, this was a very, very dynamic performance. And as you pointed out in your race speed profiles Saturday morning, he was probably flat when uh, when asked to back up a week later and uh, and w was pretty plain. But uh, if he rebounded that run, he was going to be very hard to beat. Well, what we wrote about that run on, on Sizzlers was slow maturing five-year-old former Kiwi with Chris Waller. While in his third prep with him, it was just... It was just his second 2000 run. He's taken his PB to a new level from one length above benchmark when winning in January over 1500, plus one at the 800. A significant race to race improvement of speed from a fortnight earlier before minus 0.3 mid race, 4.3 last 400. Only has to hold this level this time of year to be very stop, very hard to stop from going one better. Now that was 2.2 2 lengths above benchmark. What do you do on Saturday? Yeah, he matched it, Ralph, but and went that little bit further by producing the best of the day. Not easy for horses getting up in the distance range to get the best of the day. But oh, I just, what a performance. Yeah. Didn't matter how I looked at it. If I look against the raw times, that's like right up there in terms of performances. And 
this is something that I've always seen for years now, over 1,800 metres. Sometimes the same can be said even with 1,500 metre races. But 1,800 metres, they either run really slow or really fast. And this was a very fast run race, like 8.1 lengths faster than standard through that first section for the second horse, that March Snell. And Bold Mac, golden position, 3.8 lengths above benchmark, but round five lengths off that lead pack. Love the way the rider maintained the speed within half a length between the eight and the four and still had something at the end. That's probably a testament to how fit the horse was. And, uh, you know, good ride. He yeah, put in absolutely. a good ride. And uh, speaking of good rides, Adam Hieronymus had a big day. He rode a triple on Saturday. Omni Man. We we actually uh, we don't normally put him in Sizzlers from the midweeker, but we, we did it. Kenzo when uh, when point seven links above benchmark went best of the day. And on Saturday, it seemed like it was a super judgment of pace there because to the eye, Passage Yard, it was dead set flying up front, and you thought, well, surely that's not sustainable. Uh, how fast was it? Was Passage Yard going? And uh, in the end, what type of performance did Omni Man put in? Well, here's the thing. Benchmark, right, through that first yep. section, point one above. That's, That's good fast. speed. Yep, 1,000 yeah, metres. Yep. We're, we're moving, right? A length of benchmark Omni, man. <sighs> I'm not saying that's the golden spot. Probably the golden spot was where the second horse was, around two lengths below benchmark. But, geez, from the 600 home, that horse was never going to lose, Ralphie. No, I mean, it's a fun watch. <laughs> it was just like that. I mean, it was so solid. I look at the combined last 800 metres, 5.9 lengths faster than the standard, which is fantastic. A little bit of a dip between the two and the four, which tends to happen at this track. But, uh, well, good luck to all that backed it because uh, I I felt the price was really good for this horse as well, Ralphie, considering the competition. It's just I wonder what they're going to do with this horse now. And the way it ran that race there, you would like to think this is a perfect time to have a crack at 1,200. Because he's relaxing? Is that yeah, is absolutely. That? yeah, absolutely. He's going quickly, he's relaxing. Yep. <laughs> yeah, lovely. All right, let's see what he can do there. Flemington, um, how, firstly, uh, it was a frustrating program and, uh, you know, obviously I use your data for my own work, but then uh, then I compare notes when it comes out. And you, you were sort of the same, that uh, it was pretty much low, low to moderate conference most of the day for you. It, uh, it wasn't really a super program there with some uh, two-year-olds at 1800 and apprentice-only race and so forth, but there was a little bit of quality at the back end. Yeah, that's 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 right, Ralphie. I mean, probably the the good thing was this, not not that easy to work out, but that we're going to just end up with that really fine weather. Yeah, and that I felt that helped make a little bit of a difference, and it certainly helped to bring the best out of the performance of the horses. The challenge always is the rail three doesn't suit a lot of horses in terms of where you need to be placed position-wise because you can come out wide and generally speaking, unless you're up the straight, it's very difficult to um, be able to conserve the energy, be in that wide running lane, this is like 10 or better, and get victory. So therefore, I'm not saying that the best place would have been, you know, leaders on pace, but if they're just... Just experience for me, Ralph, is what I, I see with transition horses in a lot of these races, and that's just sort of like filling in the gap until we start getting into the early spring, not quite up to that level, and we usually sometimes get that odd runner that can take that next next step. Is 
they just struggle to overcome any type of adversity. And that's in a lot of ways. And what I mean by that is if a rider makes an error, they're, they're just not capable of overcoming the error that the rider's made. Or they don't have that sustained capability of being able to come the rail bias. In other words, win in a position where you're not advantaged. In other words, you're not going to be able to get out to 13, 14 and get the advantage. Yep. And therefore, you've got to run to your merits in lane 6, 7, 8, 9, and it's just not capable. All right. Well, let's bang through the quaddy legs then. And so starting with uh, race six, the Flemington Cup, the Dean Lester Flemington Cup. And oh, I'm sure Dean, uh, uh, looking down, would have been uh, very proud of the ride of the jockey that he became mentor for in John McNeil, who just rode mostly cloudy perfectly. But Vince, this is an amazing fundamental that we, we found many years ago. Older mares can keep improving, particularly with good stables. And uh, Team Hayes has just done a marvellous job with Mimi's award. She's just in career best, yet she's rising six. How many times do we see mares keep winning, and particularly when they're in form? Yep. <laughs> well, there's no way you couldn't have not liked the horse off the last start performance. Best of the day. Right? All our yeah. members got it. Yep. Yep. Plus one. Anything near that, you get victory, right? What did it need to do to win? Two lengths below benchmark. Only ranked 21 that gets victory. So that's probably the sort of advantage the horse had. And what I, I found really interesting was that early speed, 4.3 lengths below benchmark, I felt the horse settled really well. The mid-race move, nothing uh, too exciting, but what is it? It's 4.9 length mid-race squeeze, 0.7 above. That's what I was really looking at. And then a little bit of a deterioration over the last 400 metres. Maybe that's a sign the horse, you know, absolutely peaked at its last start and that could be it for the campaign. But with the competition that's around and coming with the way the, the Hayes stable's going, they might just keep winning. So race seven on the program again. You know when we were put, we, we put our stuff out Saturday morning, it could have been a wet track, it could have been a dry track. The mm -hmm. rain missed the course. We ended up with a good track here, and that was going to advantage Dance to Dubai. And I, I just want to go back to what we wrote about her in Sizzlers in December, and and the relevance is this was her straight track run, so you knew she could handle the straight track. One length below benchmark, ranked seventh. 17th on the day, stated as lame a fortnight earlier, Packenham when resuming with a nothing 4.3 lengths below benchmark, but here clearly right again for the on-fire Moody Yard has produced her best IVR time since November 2021 when plus when plus 0.7 lengths above benchmark, winning easily at Moody Valley, 0.5 of the 800, 0.2 mid-race, 1.7 last 400. Now with this back-on-track run, looks perfectly suited to run to her best, and particularly if given a chance around a bend. Well, she ended up flying around Mooney Valley and winning twice. But the point being, we knew she had the talent, but you know what was what was she going to be able to quickly improve race to race? Well, she did on that firm track, track bins. Yeah, they must maybe something wasn't one hundred percent right with the horse either, or they were just you know getting the conditioning into the horse because yeah, and and the fact that the ground condition. But wow, what a beautiful performance! Plenty of speed, two point two lengths above benchmark was entitled to weaken over. You know, when I look at the overall last four to six hundred meters, the big positive is virtually benchmark inside the top ten and. <laughs> Last campaign, there it is, two strong runs at the Valley, 1.3 above and 1.7 above. We are now trending to that run line and not a lot of horses around at the moment that can do that, Ralphie. 
Oh, Fitz, we haven't seen her at Caulfield. Well, we have seen her at Caulfield, but not in this form. So I reckon Caulfield next start round of bed. Uh, Peter Moody post-race, actually, his quote, well, I'm sure his quote was along these lines, Vince. He said, uh, he said if if it was a round of bed, I would have said to sell the farm. <laughs> so obviously there's always work the treat during the week. Oh, well, okay, that that's fantastic to know. I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, so that 14s into a- 12s, but during the week, I think there was, uh, there was as much as $30 or $40 bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he's you know when he's uh, tuned in, you want to be with him, and the and the numbers are indicating, Ralphie, that that point one could have easily been uh, low to mid ones. Yeah, exactly. So uh, a very, very uh, uh, could be a could be a money maker for for us again this uh, this time in uh, Dance to Dubai. But obviously, Vincent, uh, it seems like we just want to see her remaining on clean ground with a bit of luck there, weather wise. Well, let's hope so. Yeah. Righto. Uh, race seven, I'm reading directly from your race speed profile Saturday morning. And sometimes in this Cape of Vince, you get a little gift. You get a, we had to bite in a damn cloth late the finish. But young Werther, uh, you, you, uh, overall, your, um, your assessment here from your race speed profiles, you've summarized by saying his resuming run was solid, giving us a good indication he was returning good order. After misfire second up, his latest was a past 40 first best of the day, minus 2.7 lengths below benchmark when finishing third. Group three covered over 2,400. Here's the key. While his 2003 IVR data is trending below the the heights in his early days, there's evidence for his most recent data. on the upward trend can elevate off his current mark returning to Fleminen. The leap required as a challenge for a podium is a realistic one. This appears to be his most suitable race he's contested in some time. He's worthy of respect here. A historical PB was 3.9 legs above benchmark. This is a horse who's twice was placed in a group one turbo, this track, this distance. He ain't got out to $15. Yeah, I, Ralphie, I actually thought this horse was going to be very hard to beat. Yeah. And I've been of the view that sooner or later we're going to see it. And all the things you just commented on right there and that run at Eagle Farm was a big, big insight. Both runs, actually. Firstly, well, I, sh- I should say all the, Eagle, all the Eagle Farm runs had their own merit. The first, the first run... 5.6 lengths below benchmark first section, but a plus four last 400. That's a big signal. The bit, next big signal was when they stepped it up to 2,200 on the 10th of the six. Only slight difference in the early speed, going from 5.6 below to plus uh, to 7.7 below, a couple of lengths slower. Big move in the mid-race, going 3.2 above, and then it just dropped out. That was all conditioning. And then, like you said, that last run in, Huge elevation in speed, Ralphie. Gone from minus 7.7 to plus 3. That's almost a two-second turnaround in early speed and an increase in distance. What do you think is going to happen Like You're going to tank out, but you – how do I put it? You have to be going well to be able to do that, right? Yeah. So the, the big key was coming back here, hopefully the horse was going to sort of – travel back down being in good shape probably wasn't expecting that sort of speed because it was a really good pace i mean maserati bays ended up running second last going 5.7 lengths above and that's a testament even the other runner normandy bridge ralphie was going 5.2 they're finished at the back (laughs) young werther yep plus four that just shows how well prepared moody had it and what Uh, yeah o'brien sorry What big improvement the horse got from that 
run at Eagle Farm over 2,400 by using pressure. Uh, thank goodness. Because I, I, I just said to myself, when are you going to make some money for us? <laughs> so he's, he's won by a nose, but, uh, you know, he, he – um, had to get out of traffic, Billy Egan. We see this a lot. I'm not blaming the rider, but often uh, Milford was three-back defence. Young Werther was behind the leader, and he edged out to get the run, and there was no run, and meanwhile Milford took the run that he probably would have got. So that was watching it. But what also, the reason I'm pointing this out was the data said that this actually showed that Milford was able to accelerate from the 400-200. Young Werther wasn't. So it was a big effort to pick up that last 200. Well, he's the th- yeah, I love it, Ralphie, that you've pointed that out because – when you look at this close finish and you look at the MPS margin, say, okay, first and second, they're saying equal, rolls half a length behind. And then you look at the breakdown like you just did. This runner had to do more work than all of them and had at least a two to four lengths bigger slowdown than any of those other three runners and was actually out to, able to outsprit them over the last two and 400 metres. So if they met again on even turns, the horse wins by two or three. Beautiful. So he's done best of day point eight above, but as you and you put this out, your race speed profiles, Cox Plate Day, uh, he, he ran one point seven. It's pretty much the equivalent of that, isn't it? Without that slowdown, that's pretty much his level for sure. And given that this horse is like you know really on on fire in terms of the way it's feeling, I wouldn't want to be dropping off at. Uh, too soon. <laughs> no, and I'll, I'll also the other horse I want to ask you about is Floating Artist because I, I would assume the Ma Eustace camp would be delighted with a performance like that with a horse with real talent. Obviously had some issues, missed a year and a half racing, given a little freshen up after uh, after a couple run cameos. Um, this is minus one length below benchmark. That's, that's a nice sign that there's more to come. Very good sign. Sound. Yeah, that's and cool. I love the way the horse improved in the mid-race as well. Not that much of a slowdown overall, last 400 metres, sort of giving that good indication. They had this horse very forward, which is a, a very good thing. In other words, they probably kept this horse ticking over in the background. Um, yeah, just those little things. When they have those long breaks, usually I, I, I didn't read anything about, like, wonder what the horse actually had. Did it have some sort of... A tendon problem or something? What, what did um, it have? I think it was a different type. I don't think it was a tendon injury. I think okay. it was a different type of injury. I'll, I'll look it up and find it. Yeah, that would be good to know because yeah. 515 days off and then coming back. Yeah, I, I'm not knocking the performance, Rafi. I thought it was very good, but <laughs> this stable can do a lot of good things. <laughs> they certainly can. And the last race in the program... Worth mentioning, no, James Hale. It showed a lot of talent in its first Australian prep, and this is a nice return to, to go on with it. Yeah, and break benchmark, top four for the day. Love that, Ralphie. That's always a, a nice uh, positive sign. I, I look at the breakdown of the run. I don't think the horse could have done much more than what it did. Good pace, solid move in the mid-race you know, without sort of, you know, going crazy. A little bit of a dip between the four and the two may have allowed for – a just maybe that half length more could have been in the run of them. MPS margin sort of indicating the same thing, that there's probably a little bit more that could have been had from this horse in terms of overall performance. So close to um, where this horse should be right now. Nice. All right. Well, a couple of things. Firstly, uh, we won't do a member's bonus today, but some good horses are going to start returning from the trials, and we will do bonus podcasts 
tracking those good horses when they start showing something at the trials via Vince's work, and that's just premium work because we're not here without your support as a member. So uh, we really thank all our members. For as little as $5 a month, you can get behind us. Members each week get best of the day from Melbourne and Sydney set to them, and that's the full write-up from the Sizzlers, and Mimi's Award was the most recent one of those two of one. So you get the good information and you support the fact that we're corporate bookmaker ad-free. That's our trade-off, and if you're a Group 1 member, like I said, once the uh, good races uh good horses start coming back through the trials that'll be our starting point but we'll also have lots of bonus content throughout the uh spring with the good races all of vince Cardi's work via dailysectionals.com.au including his cutting edge race speed profiles all of my work including if you want to become a member via racetrackralphie.com.au thanks so much for listening to year round carnival